Episode 10. There are so many amazing places to fish, it's doubtful any of us fishing junkies will ever be able to hit them all. But we can certainly do the next best thing, experience them through the eyes of fellow avid anglers who share their most epic adventures with us. Sign up to be our guest on the show today at www.tell.fish slash guest. Welcome to the Telltale Fisherman Podcast, where avid anglers share the story of their best fishing day ever to inspire yours. Now it's time for another epic adventure. So here's your host, John Woodson. Well, welcome to the show. Today's guest is Captain John Kofal. Captain John, welcome. Hey, thank you, John. Thank you very much. Well, it's great to have you here, and um, you and you're going to have to help me with this now. You have a, a, a charter business. It, how, how do you pronounce the name of it? The, the, you pronounce it Hana Pa'a. It means it's a Polynesian Hawaiian term, but it, that means fish on. Okay. Well, how, how did you come by that? Do you uh, have some, did you spend some time in Hawaii or? Uh, my wife and I lived in Hawaii for four years. Um, so uh, we got to do a lot of, of charter fishing over there. And then my very first fishing trip over there, the, the captain told us, he said, hey, if you catch a fish, he says, you need to make sure that you yell Hanapa'a so we all know you got a fish on. So. Wow. Boy, I bet you uh, had some amazing experiences out there for four years good fishing. Time. Yes, we did. We had an awesome time. That that is excellent. So yeah, that's one place I'd love to uh, visit. That's on my on my bucket list. Well, so tell us a little about your uh, your charter business. It's it's a little different than than most. I understand. Our chart, yeah, our charter business is 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 a little bit different. Yes, we have a a Hanapaa Adventures that is a for profit. Um, so we like to get into the scallops, the sharks, the grouper. There's some awesome, uh, shallow water grouper fishing out of, off of Hernando County. But our other piece is Hanapa'a R&R Adventures. And, um, we're, we're directing that towards a, a nonprofit for veterans and their families so we can get them out on the water, get them fishing and get them in some recreational activities out on the, you know, out on the water. So, um, it, it's to me, and it's going to be no cost to our veterans and their families. Wow, that's that's fantastic. Now, you you served as well, right? Yes, sir. I served 20 years um, and retired in 2005. And my wife also served, and she did 22, and she retired in 2008. In, in what uh, branches did you serve in? We served both in the army. Okay. Wow. So that's that's amazing. And, and so how did how did you come up with the idea to uh, to to do this uh, charter for for vets? Well, one of the things that we uh, we kind of discovered going through the Veterans Administration after we retired was that um, there just didn't seem to be a whole lot of programs out there for the uh, for the veterans to get out and uh, just get out and do some recreational activities. You know, we live down in Florida, which is the fishing capital of the world, and it just seems like there's not enough recreational guys out there who want to take veterans out. And, of course, everybody wants to make money. I don't plan on making any money off this, but um, we want to get them out there because we, my wife and I find it extremely relaxing. Mm-hmm. Um, we we just want to make sure that uh, our veterans have the same uh, same advantage that we do to get out and and plus their families get out and go go fishing, swimming, snorkeling, scalloping, whatever they want to do. So, yeah, that's that's awesome. I I think I may have in the past seen one or two things where people were trying to get anglers uh, fishing, but I, yeah, like you say, I really haven't seen that much that I'm aware of. And uh, 
what what a great thing just the the power of the water i i think is very therapeutic is that what you find oh we find that every time we go out we you just you just come back kind of just in a different state of mind just you know you're extremely relaxed and and it opens up conversations as well. Um, you know, people people like to talk when they're relaxed. People like to talk when they're, you know, there's not a whole lot of other people around. So um, one of our long-term goals is probably looking at doing some type of therapeutic group therapy out on the water of some sort. Um, my current position now is I'm working on my master's degree in social work. Okay. So um, I want to get into the clinical side. Yeah. And I, yeah, so I think our long-term goal is to work with, with veterans and groups and get them out on a boat and, and maybe talk about some some issues that uh, maybe we can talk through. So that's kind of our, our long-term goal. Wow, absolutely. That's pretty neat. I, I know you're going to do a lot of good for a lot of folks with, with that program. So we're excited Thank to uh, help let people know about it. Um, well, well, tell me a little bit about you. I mean, we, we talked already about you have a lot of great experience fishing out in, in Hawaii, but how did, how did you get your love for the, for the outdoors and for fishing? Is that something you grew up with or, um, come later? Or? No, we, uh, my, I can, geez, I can remember following my dad probably, you uh, gosh, I don't know, two, three, four years old, probably, you know, following him to the fishing ponds and the bass ponds. I grew up in Kansas so that, you know, we, of course we didn't have salt water, but, uh, right. we, uh, we, with the fresh water from all the, all the pond hopping to the, to the rivers, creeks and streams, my gosh, I can trot lining, um, fishing for catfish in the middle of the night. I mean, catching crawdads. <laughs> we used to sing crawdads and, and, and minnows and we'd catch our own bait and it just, we just couldn't afford to go get our own, you know, buy bait. So we'd sing them out of these little creeks and man, we just, Love to do the catfish and the bass fish and white bass in Oklahoma. I mean, it was just we did a lot of that as a kid, just growing up. Yeah, well, I'm I'm not sure you needed any better bait than that. That's that's pretty good stuff. You bet, you bet, you couldn't beat it. Yeah. So, w- when did you make the switch to saltwater? Was it when you went to uh, Hawaii or before that? Well, yeah, we uh, there wasn't a whole lot of fresh water in Hawaii, and um, of course, with the 20 years that we spent, we tried to fish as much as we possibly could, but there just wasn't a whole lot of time for it. So when we really got to Hawaii, I retired before we left, so I was kind of a retiree guy there in, in Hawaii. So that was kind of nice. So I had some some time to do that, and then just fell in love with the, with the deeper water, the bigger boats, the you know, it's just the salt water itself is just something else, man. I just, I absolutely love to do the salt water fishing. Oh yeah. It, every time you go out, you just never know what you're going to see out there. That's one thing I love about it. Absolutely. And it's, it's my wife is from Tampa. Okay. And uh, we, uh, we decided we weren't going to live in Tampa, but we're going to live, you know, close to the water. And if we're going to live close to the water, we're going to have a boat. So um, <laughs> once we got the boat and got it out into, uh, uh, out, out into the, to the bay, I was like, there's got to be bigger places. And we found it in the Gulf of Mexico. So. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it, it's almost a crime to live in Florida and not have a boat, isn't it? Oh, it is. Absolutely. You got to have, a, I don't care if it's a 14 footer, you got to have a boat and get in the water. So yes. And we've got plenty of it. Do you do any freshwater fishing anymore or just, no, I no. we're strictly saltwater right now. Okay. Well, we got plenty of that too here. Well, when we get back, uh, Captain John's going to tell us an epic story of saltwater fishing. Stay tuned. If you fish for redfish in stained water or shallow areas with a lot of weeds, a weedless spoon is one of the best baits to use. In my experience, there is one saltwater spoon that is head and shoulders above the rest, and I've tried a bunch of them. Plus, most of my biggest speckled trout have also been caught on this very same spoon. Check it out 
at tell.fish slash gear in your web browser. Okay, we are back with Captain John, and um, he's now going to tell us a story of fishing. It was in the Gulf, right? It was in the Gulf off of uh, Pine Island in Hernando County. Mm-hmm. Um, it was my wife and, and my wife and me. We just decided we'd just go out for a little while. We weren't going out very far. Uh, we actually saw some some stingray, and uh, believe it or not, there was Kobe on top of it. Oh, so, um, yeah. When you see them, you got to you got to fling on them, and you know we didn't have anything, just a, some cut bait. I was like, well, if we're gonna throw something, we're gonna throw something at them. And man, as soon as it hit the water, at forty two, forty two incher, um, man, he took off. And uh, my wife screaming and hollering, wanting to give me the pole, wanting to give me the pole, and I was, no, nah, you you caught it, you catch it, you're gonna keep it. <laughs> you got into this mess, huh? You you got to get yourself out, you right? <laughs> you got it. So she. She she had a hard time with it, but uh, man, I would tell you, she did a good job of uh, bringing it in. One of the best things I like about being the captain of my own boat is I get to watch people have a good time. Oh yeah, well I so, I've had a couple of occasions where we've been offshore and and uh, seen seen rays and once or twice been able to catch Kobe off them. It's it's really is an amazing thing. Talk a little bit about you know what it's like to see them out in the water and how you approach them and and how all that works for people who haven't ever been able to do that kind of thing before well we were we were actually just kind of drifting over some uh some small rock piles just five six miles offshore mm-hmm. um and uh, we were just kind of drifting around because we knew there was a whole lot of rock structure in this just in this area so we really didn't throw the anchor um and we would drift on along and, and uh we What's neat about it is you the water's extremely clear, and we we're only in about eight feet of water. Mm-hmm. So the water was so clear, and you could see these big rays coming. And and, and as soon as you saw the rays, right right on top of them, uh, there was at least three cobia, if not if not more. And they are so pretty to see. But man, I'm gonna tell you, it's neat to be able to fling something at something you see before you even catch it. That to me, that's exciting. Oh yeah, and uh, well, me and a lot of other guys, you know, all love the sight fishing. You know, we have the red fishing here in Florida, bone fishing, all those kinds of things. And Kobe right. is certainly right up there with them. Um, so there were three Kobe on this ray, huh? There, there were three Kobe on. I bet I, the stingray had to be at least five, six feet wide. He, well, he was huge. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course, they follow they follow them stingrays and they pick up all the crustaceans or whatever they kick up off the bottom. So uh, that's that's neat to be able to do that. Right. Right. So so talk to me about the fight. You you toss a bait. You, so you just toss it out in front of the, the cobia and, and one of them peels off and grabs it. One of them, one of them peeled off, took off. Man, he was on it like 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 fast as you could you could imagine. <laughs> and I, to be honest with you, I wasn't really sure if the if the cobia turned on it or there was something else. Maybe sure because there were there's we have a lot of shark up here right now. Mm-hmm. But uh, man, he, he when he we got him closer to the boat after my wife fought him for about 20, 25 minutes. Thank goodness we didn't have the anchor down because man, we had we'd have probably had a mess if he had gotten the anchor. So um, <laughs> she probably went 20, 25 minutes and and worked up a pretty good sweat just kind of sitting there, and then all of a sudden it, it just kind of. It was over. He he gave up, and we got him to the boat and and gaffy and put him on the deck. But once he hit that deck, man, he he liked to come alive again. And uh, you got to you got to be careful with him. Yeah, I, I, people who haven't maybe caught him before, talk talk a little bit about the fish and some of the uh, shall we say dangers uh, that that you have when you put one on the on the deck like that. Yeah, when you pick him up and put him on a deck, of course they're going to. He he was he was he went absolutely crazy, and we, of course we didn't could, couldn't get the fish box open fast enough to get him in it. But um, he <laughs> right. he 
he went he went across the deck. He was he was he was port to starboard a couple of times, just just going absolutely crazy. And you know, you just got to be careful, and especially if you got people on there who don't have any experience and want to try to grab it. Probably just sometimes it's better off just to get to let him fish himself out, I guess, and until you can get a fish box open and get him in it. Right, and hope he doesn't break a bunch of things on your boat first. <laughs> Absolutely. Hopefully he doesn't break anything. And, you know, the, wor- the worst thing I'd like to, uh, I would think I would have if, you know, we had a somebody get hurt on the boat, yeah. I think it would be that worst thing to, to, to happen. So Yeah, and the, and the thing with Kobe is they have spines on their back, too, that right. that people may not know, you know, if you haven't seen one before. Right. Um, and they'll hurt you. They'll hurt you if you're not paying attention. They will absolutely hurt you for sure. Yeah. So a 42 inch Kobe. Any idea what that guy would weigh? I think he was around 26, 27 pounds, somewhere in there. Yeah. That's that's a real beast. And uh, so was it was it kind of one and done? The rays popped up. One and, and you... done. He was once once that one took off. We never saw saw him again. Now we've got a few smaller Kobea, but I've never got onto another another group of of Kobea like that that big. But um, one of the things we like to do up there, too, is the shallow water. We can see the rays extremely well in three, four, five feet of water. And there's always Kobe out there, too. So we like to try to target them. But, man, they are they are they're they're elusive. They're fun to catch. Yeah, but they're elusive. yeah they are. So 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 most of them that you see are, are much smaller than that on average or just kind of average size, I guess. Yeah, there. Yeah, I I think there's there's a every once in a while you come across a keeper. Of course, you got to be what thirty three inches if I'm not mistaken. In Florida, so, yeah. Yeah. So um, it, it's it's hard. They're fun to catch. Even the small ones are fun to catch. They put up one heck of a fight. Um, so if we can we spot them, we're gonna we're gonna try to catch them no matter what. But um, you know if they're not legal, we just leave them, let them go. Wow. Yeah. The Kobe is they're they're an amazing fish and, and pretty tasty too. I bet you oh, had a lot of nice ex- steaks off that one. Oh, they're excellent. I, I I love to eat co. I think Kobe is better than grouper, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's an amazing fish. So is um is that is that your typical kind of fishing day where you go out and, and drift the rocks for you know Kobe and snapper and that and well, not Kobe uh, grouper and snapper and that kind of stuff? Or? Yeah, we we do a lot more bottom fishing. Um, mm-hmm. it's it's not yeah, the bottom fishing where we're at. Um, the grouper the group the shallow water group in here up here now is extremely hot. Hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I have another friend of mine who's a captain, my next door neighbor, he, uh, him and his son went out this weekend and limited out in eight feet of water. So, uh, wow. you know, and that's, that's pretty good for grouper up here. So the grouper population up here is very nice. Um, wow. especially the shallow water, shallow water grouper is fantastic. You know, you don't need a big boat to go get them either. Yeah. And I th- and that's one thing about the Gulf of Mexico. A lot of people may not appreciate is how shallow it is. Um, can you just tell people a little bit about that? Um, from, from where we go out of a, a Bayport and, um, outer channel marker Bayport, depending on tide anywhere from eight to 10 feet, um, rule of thumb for us out here. If you're headed, if you're headed straight West, you're going to drop a, a foot a mile every from, from where we go out of Bayport. So, you know, if you go down a little bit farther South towards air Pika, things of that nature, you you'll get in deeper water faster, but where we're we at, we're kind of on a big shelf and then you get into the first break about 12 13 miles out and then it'll it'll drop off and then you get to the second break then you're out you're out pretty far you're out to 40 miles yeah so you you've got to go away is to get the pelagics and and those kind of species over there yeah. right yes they are and you know i've heard reports too that there's a several uh schooly uh dolphin out here so um I'm, i haven't seen them yet but i've heard reports of people seeing them anyway really well yeah. I, yeah. I haven't seen them yet so 
Yeah, they're they're not so bad to eat either. No, they're not. They're absolutely not. <laughs> Excellent. Well, yeah, an, an amazing cobia story is always always good to hear. Um, I I don't think I, my personal best cobia is is uh, quite near that one. I'm I've got them in the 30s, so I'm I've got a little cobia envy uh, from you there, or from your wife actually. Yeah. Um, hoping I can have be fortunate enough to get one of those one day but um well captain john i really appreciate you sharing that story with us thanks so much for uh, being on the show well i appreciate you john thank you very much for having us and we're glad we'll be able to to get the word out to what to what we're trying to do absolutely we will do all we can to let people know don't forget to visit tell.fish slash gear to get our recommendations on gear that will take your angling adventures to the next level and help make you the next Telltale Fisherman. This has been the Telltale Fisherman Podcast. Thanks for sharing another great tale with us. Be sure to check out the show notes page for more info on today's show and the gear we talked about. Keep those lines tight and we'll catch you next time right here on the Telltale Fisherman Podcast.